What's up, fam? It's your boy, and you already know what time it is, baby. It goes down like this each and every day. Welcome into the closing bell with Craig, man. And man, can we talk about the move that we've seen in the market today? Spy, Dow Jones, NASDAQ, Russell 2000, all running at this point in time, baby. And we're going to talk about all of this information today because we just got finished hearing not only from the FOMC with their meeting minutes, but we've also heard from Fed Chair Jerome Powell about how interest rates are not going up no time soon until after March, and definitely that the taper is looked to be done in March. And the reaction from is overwhelming from what Wall Street is showing us today. And it's essentially exactly what I said going forward out of this, as I talked about yesterday, it's on yesterday live stream, so you can go back, you can rewind the tape, you will see why I talked about we should see a bounce to about five to seven dollars today on the spy, especially if you're in those spy five hundred dollar calls with me all the way to 21 January 2022. Now, in today's live stream, what I want to do is we're going to get through the closing bell. We're going to recap how Wall Street is actually performing today, going through the watch list. We're going to look at some charts that you bring up that you start putting in the chat right now. Go ahead and get those over into the chat so we can check out those charts as well and see how that bounce is actually playing out on your favorite tickers that you're playing right now. And definitely, I'm going to go through some of my faves as well, but we're also going to make sure that we take a look at that spy and see if it's actually matching the trajectory that I've always outlined here each and every day on this channel. One of the things that I want you to keep prominent to yourself is that I've been saying this week, it's a 470 to 475 type of week that we're looking for to see SPY take that next catalyst up to the $500 mark. So we'll see where we end up at the end of the day or where we line up with. And you definitely know that we're going to catch that closing bell. Now, it's a lot of interesting takes going on right now. A lot of things going on around the market. A lot of things to pay attention to. But what I want to actually make sure that we do first and foremost is definitely check out the indices. OK, let's check this out. And get to it today. All right. So you'll see currently at this point in time with about 13 minutes left before the closing bell, you'll see that the Dow Jones up 0.75, 264 points of recovery, 35,809 points on the day. You will see S&P 500 up 1.18%, which is a $54.68 move. So you take about 10% of that. That is about a $5.48 move on the spy today okay and then if you look at nasdaq you'll see that's up 1.6 percent on the day which is a 36 no two i'm sorry 240 i gave you that wrong number again let's do that again 1.61 percent you'll see that it's up 244 points on the day that's a, giving you a total move of about 15,481 on the day for this nasdaq and with the russell 2000 actually now completing the value stock movement as it's been downtrending for like the last five, six sessions, we were seeing a green day on the Russell 2000s where that takes you to 1.67%. And that recovery looks like about 36 points today, okay? Giving us a 2,195-point day overall for the whole Russell 2000. Now, the VIX, which is important, which I always say, we want to see the VIX down below 18, right? But it's been in this range of 18 to 20. It's not a bad indicator as well. And we've seen this trade back up to 22 points yesterday before closing around by 21 points 
21 and a half points yesterday on the VIX. We're seeing the VIX actually come down to 19.88 today, which is about a 9% dip. Uh, basically, what we came from yesterday is where we actually return back to it in that same level today on the VIX, which is important. Now, today, incredible day, right? We've had movement in the market in a lot of ways. We're going to pull up actually looking at the watch list here. Um, I'm actually watching plays play out and develop at this point in time as well, too. Crazy. Right before I came on the live stream, I was talking about these things that we're looking at today and some of the moves that we want to continue to pay attention to as we head into power hour. Now, looking at the spy currently at this time, let's just take a look at the spy real quick. We'll see spy. Don't mind all this stuff on the chart. Matter of fact, let me just give you a cleaner look. Let's do that again. Let me give you a cleaner look. I don't want you to pay attention to all that stuff on the chart right now. What I want you to pay attention to is actually what we got going on with the SPY. And so let's just look at what's going on with it right now. And then we'll come back to my indicators on the SPY here in a minute. So let's just look at SPY currently at this time right now. You'll see that SPY is actually like giving up some of the gains that it actually called up on right now. We're on the one minute chart right now. We'll check this out at the end of the close, but we'll leave it up for just for the moment. But we have an interesting day on our hands. What I need for y'all to do is actually let your boy know how do y'all feel about a lot of the moves that's been going on in the market and how these things are playing out right now when it comes to what you're actually invested in. We have a big day ahead of us closing out this day and then looking forward to tomorrow as the market takes a breather on what actually the sentiment given out right now over over with uh the fed talk that's been happening and the things that we're looking forward to okay so let's get this party started so i really want y'all to go ahead and start hitting your boy up in the chat let him know what are some of the tickets that you're looking at and what are things that you're listening to okay i hear in the market right now when it comes to actually what is being put out there for everyone to pay attention to so to me interesting moves that we have going on I appreciate y'all for being here, and we're going to keep things interesting and live all the way through here tonight. So we're going to keep this thing interesting. So let's get ahead and head over to the CNBC closing bell as they get ready to prepare for live, uh, power hour closing. So let's look at it and see what Josh Brown is talking about right now. At our wealth management firm, many of whom are small business owners or executives at mid-sized companies, not one person I've spoken to this year feels that we should still be doing emergency stimulus. In fact, if you look at areas like the housing market, it's it's been counterproductive. Sticker shock on homes actually slowing the number of transactions. So nobody wants to see more of this. It's good that it's coming to an end. I would point out that on a net basis, we are still adding liquidity to the system. We're just doing so more slowly than we were. So to me, that's still outrageous, but I understand this has to take place in a progression. Big picture, it's a very weird uh, bounce today. It's respectable, but it seems to be very defensive. You look at Staples ripping to all-time highs, mm -hmm. McDonald's, Pepsi, Coke. Uh, you look at Costco, which I would consider to be uh, defensive. XLU, which is the utilities, making a 52-week high. Healthcare making uh, uh, an all-time high, also defensive. So. That's not a bad thing. I'm just pointing it out. 
it doesn't look like people are like getting all bold up on the economy. Um, so, but we'll, we'll take it. Apple obviously is adding a lot of strength here, up another 2%, getting back to that record high. So that's where we are. It's a good thing, it's not a bad thing. Um, but overall, I think most of what we're seeing here is not a renewed uh, uh, exuberance. I think it's just people saying, okay, uh, the, the comet missed Earth again. Great news. Right. Uh, Lizanne, do you share that view that this continued rotation into some of these defensive sectors signals that uh, perhaps that some parts of the economy will keep growing, but that there is some pause being taken with the outlook on inflation specifically and, and what's around the corner from here? To some degree, yes, but you have to remember, and I agree with Josh about positioning sometimes can skew what happens in the very short term, and I think there probably was a lot of defensive positioning coming into that. this. In fact, pre-Fed meeting, at least on the day, utilities were leading, and then you saw tech jump in front. If you also look at some of the spec areas in the market, heavily shorted, non-profitable tech, uh, those pop too. So there is, I think, some shorter-term money that, for now anyways, going back into these spec trades. However, these, these sector shifts that we are seeing and have really been seeing all year have been unbelievably rapid fire. And I, I think that that's likely to be a pattern that will continue. And it's not always the same theme of defensive sectors versus uh, growthier sectors. It's not really growth versus value. Uh, it's not really reopening versus uh, shutdown. Um, each leadership shift, I think, has different drivers. Sometimes it's an inflation driver. Sometimes it's a yield driver. Sometimes it's a variant driver. And I think that that is likely to persist. I think trying to sort of game it ahead of time, these short-term shifts, I think is a bit of a fool's errand. I think probably the best strategy in an environment like this is maybe up the pace of rebalancing to take advantage of sometimes the huge gifts of profits that are handed to you in a very short period of time. I think that kind of rotation is likely to continue as we have at least into the beginning of next year. And, and Lizanne, with that in mind, as you're doing okay, uh, that rebalancing, that, we'll leave it. Uh, I'm gonna head over to the spy charts. I want y'all to see this, man. We are recovering what I said that we was going to come from. What we'll talk about here in a second. We're looking at 470.15 right now on the spy, which is great, honestly, in my opinion. Like, see if we can hold that level. That's going to be the thing that we need to pay attention to right now because if this can hold, then we're getting to a point where we start worried about all-time highs when it comes to the SPY, and that could be a great indicator if we retest that level of 473 that we have here. If we can actually push through that level, if we can get through the top of that level, then we can actually start seeing where this pool can actually be a bigger run than people are actually really even giving it up here to 473.55. So we got resistance to break. We're going to look to see if we can break that level. We may try to break resistance right now. Uh, we'll see how that plays out here. But if we can break through the top of this resistance and move to the other high of 470.88, then to me, we are on well on our way to seeing something tremendous happen here, and we may be back on track for that Santa Claus rally. Right now, like I said today, crazy day. Gains made and all those gains I've redistributed out what they need to be redistributed out to. And primarily that's in four and that's in spy calls. OK, so if you're not part of that discord fam, definitely make sure that you use the first link down below because this gives you access to me when you actually be able to join over with the discord fam. And you will see each and every trade alert that I make standard out here for the market. 
where we are actually trying to get to spy $500 calls right now. And a lot of people have averaged in over in the Discord with me. So if you want to be a part of that group, man, definitely check out that first link down below. I also have other links that you can see down in the chat that's pinned. That's the first comment in the chat. You can find other ways of listening to the podcast here, or you can actually check out where you can actually be a member of the YouTube channel as well. Either way, something else for you to actually take a look at as well, too. But literally, we are about three minutes away from the closing bell. We're keeping our eyes on the spot right now. Let's go back over to the one-minute chart. Let's just keep our eyes on it and see how it finishes out today. See if it finishes with shrimp and something to give us a signal for, right? One of the things that I talked to my Discord fam about is looking at these Ws. We're starting to see a W forming here, right? So maybe it comes back and curves down and closes out before it makes that next move. But this is on the one-minute chart. So we'll pay attention to that here as well. This is something of significance. If it does start to retrace, retrace back down to that double bottom level on the one-minute chart, and then we see a run back to the upside. It's a possibility as well. So maybe that gets us to a break, to break that breach of 470.88 and get us to a different level. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe we just go right through it right now. But either way, great move on the day. I got to applaud the efforts of the FOMC and Chairman a fair chair, Jerome Powell, they basically lifted the top off the market and gave the market an opportunity to continue to run. Let's listen in to Josh Brown as he continues to talk. we got about two minutes left. Um, if we break uh, 470.88, I'll actually just pull it back up on the chart for you. So let's do that. I think it's too early to say that anything's really changing there. The consumer is absolutely strong and probably will be through the holiday. I, I don't know why we would say anything other than that. 30-second answer, Josh, just on what Diana said earlier. Is, is housing overheating? Uh, is, is, is Fed Chair Powell uh, a little too reticent to the risk there? Well, uh, refi, uh, refi rates are notoriously sensitive. You could have interest rates go up by 25 basis points and the whole refi market shut down. It's, it's hilarious to watch, but I wouldn't really go by that. I think housing is okay. I think it'll be okay next year. And I think those confidence numbers from the builders actually make sense in the context of demographics. We are underhoused still in this country. Mm -hmm. One minute, 10 seconds left to go. We're back at session highs on this Fed decision day. Quite extraordinary rally that we've got over the last two hours since those minutes came out and since that press conference wrapped up. We're up over 2% now on the NASDAQ. The Dow is up 367 points, a full percent, having been down 154 points at the low of the session. The S&P 500 is up 1.7%. Tech is the best performing sector, up almost 3%. Healthcare up over 2%. Utilities, real estate also performing very well today. In fact, 10 of the 11 sectors are higher. That was not the case for most of the morning. Energy, the worst performing sector, is the only one negative, but it's only down just a little bit. In fact, oil is higher today, so a little bit of a surprise there uh, that energy is not joining the rest of the party in the green. The dollar is down two tenths of one percent. It slipped during the session. Yields do remain a little higher on the day, but really haven't reacted much. The big reaction from that Fed meeting has been in stocks, and we are at session highs as the bell rings. Uh, being run today by the close at 470.59. That's a good day. That's a good day.
And welcome to Closing Bell. That other sound you hear is Wilf's phone ringing from all the MLS fans watching today. I'm Kayla Tausche and for Sarah Eisen along with Wilfred Frost. Eli Lilly, the biggest winner in the S&P 500 today after announcing very strong guidance. Coming up, we'll discuss that outlook in an interview with the company's CEO. You will not want to miss that. Plus, we'll get a read on the consumer. We're joined by the CEO of eBay and restaurateur Danny Meyer. All of that coming up, but we have to talk about what just happened in the markets with the Dow losing and then regaining about 100 points just in the last 10 minutes of the session. Josh Brown still with us. And Mark Lehman is the CEO of JMP Securities, a okay, citizen's company, man, also joining uh, the conversation. Okay, and earlier today, during the Fed- second, because we definitely got to check out the charts, baby. We got to check out the tickers. Gotta see how the watch list is looking this morning, okay? But it's afternoon, excuse me, but man, I'm so excited about what we've seen today with this rebound that I've been predicting for a while now. We see that Aquagene is up 11%. C3AI uh, holding in the other portfolio, 10% up today. We got a strong move on AMD up 8% on the day. Upstart, I was telling people about Upstart to watch this. If you did see my video about how Upstart was down here bottoming and looking like it was getting ready for a reversal, man, you missed a great video. That's a 6% move on Upstart as well. EXPI is another move up to a firm 4%. SoFi Technologies up 4%. A lot of people in the Discord is checking out SoFi. Salute to all of y'all, man, because you are up and printing today as well. 4% 4% on that. We had a move on NVIDIA today where we talked about NVIDIA this morning. Got in on the play of NVIDIA in the 288, 287 region today. It popped off to 295. Some of us closed positions. We waited to see 296. We got 296. Then NVIDIA took off all the way to about $302. Let's look and see what NVIDIA finished up um, as a high of the day on NVIDIA. NVIDIA as a high of the day was 305. This move on NVIDIA was incredible. We got in around this region, and this thing continued to pull and then actually made us. Sorry, let's go on to the one, the five-minute chart. So you'll see. We got in down in this region down here. We saw the move to NVIDIA. It made this run, and then at the spike by 297, we got exit to play, and that play continued to run to 305. This is on a $300 call for the week. This is a scalp play that we played today, and NVIDIA rewarded us with gains. Salute to anybody who played that play as well. So another play that we saw that had significant moves today was Walmart. That's been actually forming this W pattern for a while, and it actually came up to 146, and then finally closed out today at about 145.76. We exited that play today as well with significant gains on this move, over 100% gain, and then over a 60% gain on Walmart as well, significant plays being made each and every day. Now, we know that we have plays that we're watching right now. I'm going to get over to Trading View where I show you a lot more of this, but we're going to actually keep on going down the watch list right now because it's a lot of plays that made significant moves today. Clean Energy Fuel, 6% up. Pfizer, salute to those that's in Pfizer, 5.87% move on the day. Then you got Corsair Gaming making a 5.6 move. CRISPR Therapeutics, a 5.74 move today as well. Then, like I said, Affirm made a big move today, 4.93% up 5% on the day. DocuSign, a 4.5% move as well. We'll talk about DocuSign and Autodesk separately here because these are big moves that they made as well. So we'll talk about those here in a second. 
We got Riot Blockchain and Maritime Digital Holdings. They both made significant moves today, and I'm going to show you both of those as well. I'm going to show you at least Maritime Digital because I see things happening with Maritime Digital that you may want to check out. So let me just make me a note here. We got DocuSign to look at. We got Autodesk to look at. We definitely got Spy to look at. Maritime Digital, okay? Uh, yeah, I'm going to show you those. And then we'll see if there's some more that we come across as well that we need to check out. And then you'll see that BlackBerry, uh, one of the uh, momentum stocks, 3.84%. Cisco Systems up 3.7%. Microvision up 3.73% as well. Tattoo Chef had a nice bounce back today, 3.5%. Fuel Cell got off the basement floor, 3.16%. DraftKings making that move as well. We have a lot of companies making this move. As a matter of fact, check this out. What I'm going to do show you exactly how i'd be looking at it over on trading view okay for those who don't know i love trading view i think it's one of the better applications for actually trading well for charting i won't say for trading because it don't actually allow for you to trade but one of the things that i love about trading view is that we are going to go over here let me find it for you one second let's pull up um hmm. yep here we go so we'll go home and then we'll go here. We're going to look at the, the stock heat map. Look at this. This heat map is ridiculous. Financial sector was the only sector yesterday that was green. Well, that was green. If you look at today, I'm going to hide myself just for a second. You will see today. Now, look at all the green in the market all over the place. You got Tesla leading the way. Consumer, consumer durables, 1.5%. Retail trade, Amazon, 1.87%. You got Microsoft 1.35%, Google 1.15%, Apple up 2.54%, NVIDIA, we just talked about that, 6.5% move on NVIDIA today, Pfizer with its 5.46% move as well, uh, let me just close this down for you so you get more room to see, Disney even made a half percent move today after being down, this is overall healthy market that popped up today, now the real thing that we need to see is how it performs tomorrow. To me, this is actually just a bounce that we've been looking for, that we've been knowing that it should be there, that a lot of people have been looking at this as a Santa Claus rally. We had a lot of downward pressure, and really and truly, if preserving portfolios is what you've been doing, you've done well if you've been playing to the downside. But now, this is why I said, any put that you was in, puts should not last long because these puts could get you in a situation where the market reverses ahead of you before you even get a chance to even blink an eye. And that's what we've seen today. When the Dow Jones flips over 100 points in less than 10 minutes on the end of a session day, this is how you can get caught holding the bag in puts. So this is why I say when you're going into these puts, take your time. Actually make sure that you're looking to be in these puts and exit these puts within a week or no less than 24 hours or holding it just for that session day. So like I said, I hope as we get more people into the chat, Definitely hit the like button, baby. Definitely make sure that you are hitting that notification bell and subscribing to the channel if you have not yet already done that. But definitely throw your tickers into the chat so we can talk about those plays as well as many more that we're going to discuss today. This is going to be a more lengthier, actually, uh, closing bell with Craig due to the fact that I'm going to be off tomorrow, okay? There will be not, no closing bell with Craig, but I will be watching the market. You just will not get an opportunity to see me come on here and talk to the, you about things that I see in the market tomorrow until actually Friday. So it'll just be one day off this week. So it'll be closing bell with Craig on Friday. We'll continue at 345, like typically, but definitely, 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 
there will be no closing bell with Craig tomorrow. So just make sure that we uh, get through a lot of things today. This is the reason why I want to do a lengthier one. So that way you can get an opportunity to go ahead and actually drop your tickers into the chat. We rap about those things, get to them, rap about it all the way through, and then break it down to where you can actually feel comfortable going into tomorrow's trading session. Okay. So let's listen in to the closing bell. I'm going to let some of y'all get into the chat and actually drop those tickers in there. And let's see what they're talking about over on the closing bell right now that we should be paying attention to innovation um and and uh it just it looks fantastic so i had this chart made up take a look at the 200 day moving average look at that flawless bounce off of that level textbook the buyers came in right where they had to uh it strikes me that so long as this trend can hold uh and remain in that nice channel headed higher you can be long these names individually and there are a lot of names in there that people don't think about very often for example builder source is the biggest holding there which is not itself a home builder, but supplies home builders. And there's a lot of great stocks in that group. Yeah, well, with uh, existing homes on the market, uh, supply is still so stretched. You've got to think people are in the market. They need perhaps new homes. But Josh, I'm long on your holiday foliage. I have to say that uh, that that gold leafery, what would you call it? Flanking you? It looks good. I, looks good. Listen, listen, I, I came to play this winter. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, your best idea. We'll leave it there after that. Well, I'm going to stick with the housing theme that Josh started. Uh, we like DOMA, which is a play on the digitization of the closing process and all the move to the online versus the paper-based product we've used forever. It de-SPAC this summer. It's like a lot of SPACs. It's down a great deal. But that trend is going to continue. They've gained great market share. I think they're going to be a winner over the next few years. It's not a matter of if, but when this digitization happens. We like DOMA here at JMP. All right, we'll leave it there. Mark Lehman, Josh Brown, uh, thanks to both of you, Wilf. Kayla, I also just want to comment on your backdrop, because not only have you got the Closing Bell logo there, if we can split the screen again, guys, but you also are showing us it's not politics today, it's markets, because you have one single stock chart right behind you, and that is showing commitment <laughs> to Closing Bell. <laughs> and a picture of the Federal Reserve, too. We've got it oh, all I didn't covered even today. See that. Oh, there it is. Fabulous. Look, look at oh, that. Yeah. Uh, all, all backdrops are looking good today. We are just getting started here on the second hour of Closing Bell. Up next, at Double Lines, Deputy Chief Investment Officer on how the Fed's rate okay, hike Okay, let's get to it, year. baby. Let's get William. to it. So first and foremost, for those who are actually here with your boy, man, look, we're going to talk about, oh, let's, I did that. Did I do that? What happened? Hold on one second. It's going to come back. I don't know why I did this. Really interesting that it did that. Whoa. Did it actually take me? Okay. Really don't know why I did it. Give me one second. Let's let's make sure everything is good. Okay. Everything is good. Don't know why I did that. But anyway, we're back. All right. So let's talk about SPY first, okay? Because I'm going to get into y'all tickers. And I still want more people to load up in the chat if they need to. So that way we can go ahead and talk about SPY. And then we can get into those tickers. And then we can run through those as well. Today, the, the SPY has now finally closed out for today. Um, let me pull back open to make sure it ain't running in after hours right now. Yeah, it's up about 470 .70 in after hours right now. Okay. Uh 470.72, and it's still moving. You see that we finally closed on a hollow candle today. For those who don't understand what a hollow candle is, that basically means that price action closed higher than we actually opened a decession at, right? So that is what that it means today okay that this price action actually closed higher and it looked like it's going to finish out closing higher on a complete day even after a market session okay 
So let's talk about it, right? The, the thing is, is that I said that this week requires for us to see 500 that SPY actually finished somewhere between 470 and 475, closer to the 475 region, okay? And the reason why is I said because we need to stay on this trend. We got an area that we need to actually watch for an inflection point and make a decision on which way that we're going to go, and that's going to be here in this area right here. Well, this area is about a 480 mark, okay? So at the very top of this uh, wedge is 479, so you just call it 480. And then right below it is about 478, 477.50, okay? So to me, this is where we need to actually break out before this level so we can actually start trending towards 500 earlier. Like if we break out before we get to this level here, we're talking about 489, 490 on SPY. And that's a very aggressive approach. As a matter of fact, this is why I'm starting to see that this trend is getting us back to that level where we care to see it at. And to me, it was like, now let's start averaging in. Because like I've told people before, especially over in the Discord group when I do my live streams with them, is that I'm averaging in when I know that the direction of the market sentiment is there. Like when we get through catalysts, average in because you're getting priced at a lower value than the contracts are worth right now. But they're going to be exponentially higher as we enter January. So market makers are doing their due diligence of trying to keep the price down on these contracts right now, hoping people will buy them up. But I'm not buying them aggressively until I see price is going in the direction that I want to see it in. And that has helped out here with the movement that I'm seeing in the portfolio and what I'm seeing with SPY. Now, remember, my goal is we get to 490. 495 comes into play or where I'm starting to think about, OK, it's time to start moving off some of these contracts. Right. Because I want to move contracts out as we start to approach that $500 level mark, okay? So buying them cheap now, holding them cheap at this value, averaging in to me is the right play for me to make right now, and that is what's happening. So to me, SPY is rolling the way that I think it should. We have to still get through that psychological level, okay? It's not all greenery on the other side just yet. We have psychological levels that we have to break through. So some of those levels that we have to break through right now, let's actually take this off the screen, that you'll see is that we have a high. We have a high here of 473.42. We broke it. We are breaking out of support right now. Let's drop down to the one hour. You'll see that support is basically here, okay, that we are seeing that resistance and support in this region right here, and we're trying to break out of this regional area. We break out of this resistance and make our move back up to the, the resistance line. We're right there at 473.42. That's where we want to be at. So 473.35 is the actual the real resistance line that I have here. But that breakout we're looking for is 473.32. And we can make that move to go where we want to go. So we're close. We're very close. This pattern, to me, was bullish, right? This I talked to my family. I talked to my fam about this yesterday right and y'all are fam too but a discord fam i talked to him about the w's and i talked to him about the m's okay m's are bearish w's are bullish okay and when you get these m's plant them off these wedges is where you want to be in on these plays and, and right now we're getting the wedge off this play we broke we broke the midpoint and then we carried up so anybody who follows me over on discord knows i talk about these w's i probably talked to them exhaustingly enough about them in the last couple of days because this pattern has been showing up a lot that we can see that we could take advantage of. And we're back to this movement again, where 
Now we need to see if this breakout is imminent and going to continue to carry, or is it going to do one of these moves where it actually dips back down, right? We want to see the move go directly up, but this dip to the side could actually be a, a way of actually coming back down to support on the trend line. We want to break away from this trend line. We're getting close to where we want to start breaking away from the trend line. So let's see how this plays out over time. So I hope that that gives you detail about what I'm thinking about when it comes to the spy calls. Uh, I, like I said, I averaged, let's see, how many contracts did I buy today on uh, spy calls? I think I bought, let's see, let's see what we end up on spy calls today. So I bought 10 contracts right uh, as we was on the live. I bought 12 contracts uh, before coming on live. And then I bought 20 contracts earlier today. And then I bought 20 more contracts earlier today. So, okay, on spy contracts, I bought today alone. I bought 20, 40, 52, 62 more contracts today on spy to 500, okay? So if that don't tell you that I'm, I believe in what I say, that I'm going to put my money where it is, that I'm just not some dude on YouTube spewing something and don't really actually put his money where it is. If you over in the Discord, you've seen every single one of those alerts that I've sent out and I have not yet sold one contract at all at this time. OK, so if you're actually trying to keep score at home on how many contracts I actually have on SPY currently in one portfolio, I have 150 contracts for SPY for January 21st, 2022. And over in the other uh, portfolio, I have 10 more of those contracts as well. So yeah, that's where we're at. I'm holding these contracts. We're going to see how they play out and we're going to see if they're going to benefit us to the way that we want to. So let's get into tickers. Uh, let's uh, listen in real quick and I'm getting to these tickers. The first one I have loaded up is uh, Pfizer. So we're going to do Pfizer first right after this. Um, look at close and bell. Not seeing wages drive inflation. And I agree with that thus far, but there is the potential for that spiral to take hold. Do, do you think we get the first hike as early as March, Jeff? And how many in total next year, if, if you're put on the spot to, to call it now? Yeah, you, you, well, you just put me on the spot, Wilfred. So I, I think we're going <laughs> to settle between two, two and three. That, that's what happens when I come to talk to you. I expect that. Uh, I don't think it's as early as March, though. I think they, they, they continue on this path with taper. Uh, they get out of the bond buying by March. I think it's June. I think they still want to be measured at the pace that they're going to move the hikes up because we all know the terminal rate is lower than, than forecasted from post-GFC, the, the terminal rate being where the Fed ultimately ends up. And so when you start to pull this together, it's not that they can put their foot on the accelerator and do you know five or six hikes next year uh, because they will end up uh, damaging the overall economy real quickly as people start to extrapolate that. So I think what they've done is set expectations for a lower terminal rate. I think we're probably on something around a quarterly hiking regime, a la what we saw under the realm of, of uh, Janet Yellen. And I think it's going to be well telegraphed and well measured. Uh, Powell has done a very good job of talking about forward guidance. That's exactly what he do. So I don't think he wants to spook the market. I also want to see how the market responds by reducing an incremental $30 billion a month. And we'll see how that comes. And I just think that you're going to see some volatility in the first quarter when it comes to rates. As Omicron goes behind us, and hopefully it does shortly, I think it's the catalyst to set the next direction in rates. Jeff Sherman, thanks for joining us. Great to see you. Okay, let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, some of these tickers that we have up. First up is going to be Nug M with Pfizer. Okay, so I actually have Pfizer up on the screen already. 
So one of the things that I want to look at when it comes to Pfizer, I just want to show you. Um, so that way that you can see that sometimes technical analysis is what you need to be actually working on the most is that this will help you, in my opinion, make moves and kind of get an understanding of what was going on here. So I had a, basically um, a strategic move here that we saw price measurement at. So I took this price measurement and basically it equates to this line that we actually had here. So I thought it was actually coming up to make a W form pattern. Um, but it didn't. So this move became null and void, really and truly. But then it actually looked like it was starting to try to make a flag pattern. This is what I thought could happen next. Some would say that, you know, it was actually a pennant here, which theoretically that's what it came down to is actually being a pennant. Because you'll see uh, price broke. And this is on the daily, by the way. But price broke this action here um, to the upside. So theoretically it was a pennant. And broke out, and this is what actually signaled that actually Pfizer was breaking out. So that breakout came, and then you see the run that actually Pfizer made. So I want to say Pfizer is at all-time highs, right? Or am I mistaken on that? Let's look at on the weekly and see. Yeah, Pfizer is at all-time highs today. So this is a big bag. Now, what what's the deal? What's the deal, Nug? Right? You want to know? I'm pretty sure you want to know. Well, no, I don't want to guess. Put it in chat if you actually are still in this play and you're looking for where's the the the, the resistance level going to come in at what's the nice what the next price target is and what's your strike on your call if you actually have a call at this point in time so let's look at that let's get that information and we'll actually digest how to actually play this so the way i would play it right now is that you have to do a field retracement okay and that field retracement that i would do would actually come back down to the next the last time this thing bounced off the trend and that's going to be difficult. Okay. So literally, let's look and see when the last time it bounced off the trend line and it changed trajectory. So that makes it easy. okay. So here's where it's at right there. So on the field retracement, what I would do is I come over, I hit trend based field extension. You will actually hit here, the very top. And then you got your bottom here where it basically came off that trend line. Okay. Uh, so I did that backwards. Let's do that again. Okay. So let's hit the trend. Uh, extension you'll take it from the base here okay and then you'll just spread, fan it out from there right so really and truly the next resistance level that we actually have currently looks like is at 64.74 um, but a lot of people play the 382 so that's 68.45 so if i'm looking for a move to continue on pfizer i'm looking at 68.45 at this level okay so that's where I will leave it at. So right now, I'll just kind of like fan this out from here. Um, get you to the very top of that. Yep. So that's why I'll leave it at for right now. 68.79, right? Somewhere in there, 65. Between 65.08, 68.79 is where I think this thing can go. So we'll leave that up, and we'll see how it plays out from there. Let me lock it in, matter of fact. Uh, that's a lock. Okay, so we got that. So that's what I see on Pfizer, okay? Then they are talking about Eli Lilly. Let's listen into this real quick, and I'll load the next one. I see, Tiffany, that you have up uh, Uber and Disney, another one for Lucid. So we'll do that one as well, and let's listen to the, uh, Eli Lilly. Perhaps in your, in your treatment uh, for it, but uh, but first and foremost, I mean, congrats on, on a great day and, a, and an update. What, what in particular do you think uh, analysts welcomed in, in terms of uh, where you were able to surprise them? Yeah, thank you, uh, Will, for having me on. It was a positive day here. We were primarily giving an R&D update today, 
we updated our uh, 21 and 22 guidance, um, which actually has flat revenue because we have uh, much lower expectations for our COVID antibody sales next year. And we have a key patent expiry on a, on a uh, oncolytic drug. But um, I think really the strength of the company's underlying growth based on our newer medicines. And then we updated on really the pipeline at Lilly, which is stronger than ever before. And of course, as you know, in our industry, that's the key to um, continuous growth is you have, we have to keep reinventing our company over and over again because we do face patent expiries. So it's an exciting time at Lilly, and uh, we shared that with the street today. Let's touch on some of those, and, and maybe first of all on your Alzheimer's treatment. When, when can you expect significant revenues from that? Well, we have a rolling submission in at the FDA, and we're replicating uh, the first ever positive study in Alzheimer's, which read out last year. And that's the gold standard. We need to replicate that finding in a very large study. This one's more than five times the size of the prior one. Um, we, we are under review for what's called an accelerated approval, which is a kind of contingent approval based on preliminary data. Um, we hope to gain that by the end of the year. Um, and then uh, our final data will be available shortly thereafter, though, in the spring of 23. So really, what in, I, I think for investors and families and caregivers who are focused on Alzheimer's treatments and this kind of breakthrough, uh, looking toward that ultimate data in 23 is key. Between uh, an accelerated approval on that date, uh, I think we expect modest revenues for a variety of reasons. Uh, but then if the study's positive, I think that really should change the standard of care in Alzheimer's. Dave, looking broadly at the drugs that Lilly expects to be underpinning this better-than-expected revenue growth next year, I mean, these are drugs that treat diabetes, cancers, arthritis, migraines. And I'm wondering if you attribute the, uh, the uptick in potential revenue to just simply the pipeline timing or to uh, potentially delays in diagnosing some of these issues because of the pandemic, or if it's simply a, a matter of pricing and the ability to keep pricing high with limited competition. I mean, it's really based on volume growth on a global basis. We have several um, new medicines, really 16 we've launched in the last uh, seven years. We expect to launch five new ones we highlighted today. Uh, we talked about Alzheimer's already, but a key one in, in lymphomas uh, will, is under review now. Uh, another one, a terzipatide in diabetes and later in obesity, and then some autoimmune drugs, really adding to that really fresh lineup from Lily of new medicines that are changing um, the way we can care for these serious conditions. Um, and the global rollout of those is kicking in a significant way this year and next. We still, it's interesting you mentioned COVID, we still do face some headwinds in some of these therapy areas where uh, patients through time are, are reluctant um, to go see their doctor for updates in their therapy or for tests that often trigger uh, new drug initiation. I think that's a kind of secular across the industry right now. And we have that as well. That may be a tailwind if, you know, Omicron becomes the last wave we face. Uh, I wouldn't hesitate to guess that. Uh, I would hesitate to guess that right now. But um, it's really the breadth of our lineup and volume driven, reaching more patients with new medicines that are changing these diseases. Well, uh, on the question of drug pricing, Dave, I mean, that is a huge debate here in Washington where I sit. And yep. looking at some of the prices of your drugs, Lily's branded insulin drug costs $275 per vial. Uh, lawmakers here are trying to cap the out-of-pocket cost of insulin per month at $35. Democrats want that to be for uh, a, a bucket of insured people. Republicans are trying to press for it just to simply apply to uh, folks on Medicaid and Medicare. But just generally, if a policy like that were to go through, uh, what type of effect would it have on your bottom line? Uh, really none, because our policy already is to cap insulin price at $35. Uh, you mentioned the list price 
I'm sure you know that price, which is really the price by which products move through the distribution system, is quite different from our net price. Net pricing for insulin, we disclose, is about $50 for the company. And we automatically cap all out-of-pocket costs for commercial plans, commercial patients, people with employer insurance at $35 right now. Uh, and so that's universal for Lilly Insulin. And we piloted with the government, the last government, a program in Medicare Part D, the senior program, to do exactly the same thing. About half the seniors who use insulin are in that. So we're almost there with Lilly Insulin's already. So we welcome that policy. If they want to put it in, that's great. But it doesn't really move our needle uh, too much uh, for insulin. And I think this case study highlights uh, you know, kind of the misses in the rhetoric here at fixing the real underlying problems of affordability of medication, which we see first and foremost as an insurance problem. What is the coverage? And there's too many Americans with really poor drug coverage, um, too, too much out-of-pocket costs versus other health services. And then transparency, really showing what, what is the manufacturer making, what are the other actors taking as a percent uh, of that uh, to get the drug from the manufacturer to the patient. And we're very transparent with insulin. It's about $50 net a vial for us. Uh, that's quite a bit of different from the list price, but, but uh, I think that helps explain sort of what's happening behind the scenes. We're for both of those, better coverage, better transparency. D Dave, some reports following some, some German data, uh, a German okay, study uh, suggests uh, your COVID like treatment isn't up, that. So let's go ahead and uh, look at, uh, started with Uber, okay? Uh, Uber is up, so let's start. Tiffany had Uber and Disney, so we're going to check out Uber first. Um, that's a great report on um, actually Eli Lilly right now, talking about the Alzheimer's drug. Something to look into um, later on because this may be a play that actually potentially blows up to the upside. A lot of uh, development in that in that area, so uh, don't lose sight of that uh, when you look at Eli Lilly, okay? So I know I left that on for quite a bit, but they, that's an exhaustive uh, conversation that they're having. So we'll um, keep this thing moving. So Uber, okay? Looking at Uber on the daily, let's start there first and foremost, because that's the overall trend, okay? Uh, Uber has a couple paths that they can actually go on here, right? So if you look at what I'm looking at from the weekly, you'll see Uber started on the stretch. Oh, five below. It, the market is so excited right now. Well, I actually had Eli Lilly up uh, for the closing bell. I had like alerts going off because the market is so exuberant right now about what's happening with spy that right now all these moves are now starting to come back into fruition um it's crazy that the alerts are going off right now we'll ch i'll check alerts later but really truly the story is let's look at uber right now you'll see that uber had this trend that was actually developing here but then they had this big drop obviously during covid uh, at that point in time so now we're looking for that third we're at an intersection right now. We're at an intersection of it could actually continue bouncing off this trend and going back up, or it could break down on trend and come back to its original pipe, this uh, original trajectory that it was going off of in the first place. So right now we're at an inflection point at this at this general state right now when it comes to Uber. So um, yeah, just zooming in on that, you'll see um, that obviously price action is higher than last week. And it's trying to stay higher than last week, but you'll see like this. This is this is their clear cut trend. Like you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So it may continue back onto this trend line. But what people are probably going to look for is try to see if it bounces and try to go over the downtrend. So really and truly, you got some indecisiveness right now about what's going to happen, and that kind of makes me a little worried if I was taking a play. But one of the things about this play that I 
Oh man, when you I look at this play though, is that you'll see that there may be a potential move here where this thing goes back to the upside and and breaks trend and actually goes on this trajectory that's it's actually already been on, right? And like I said before, come become a broken record, right? You'll see that you have a bottom here. You'll see that you actually have a midpoint here. And then you'll see then you got a downside trend, which some would say it was a double bottom, but it went past the bottoming, right? But then it bounced off support of that trend, and it may be getting ready for another move to the upside, okay? So, um, Tiffany, if I'm in this play, if I'm looking to take this play, what I would do is I will wait till I see where this trend line breaks, okay? Um, let's see. I'm going to bring it down here. So you'll see that here is what I will start considering the motion, okay? If it breaks out from here, if it breaks this point, which is right there, if it breaks this level, 4021, I'm taking a call all the way to 4372, okay? I mean, it's already reversed. So what you could do is also take a call all the way to 40, right? 40, 20. You can take a $40 call right now. And then if you think that this move is going to continue as it starts to hit 40, you could be either one in multiple calls at 40, or you could have already targeted a 43, $42 call as well. That's what I see. And these W's have been paying, okay? Um, not saying them right, not saying them wrong. Let's turn on the 200. Let me see real quick. Because one of the indicators that a lot of people say about these W's is that it's a it's is when the, the stock turned bearish, okay. And for those who don't understand what bearish means, um, I will tell you what bearish and bullish means, okay. Bearish means that the market sees that this stock is in a downtrend, okay. So overall, if we actually zoom out on this play, I'm turning all these colors back off once again. You'll see that really and truly we're in a downtrend, okay. Like if the stock was going up, 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 you'll see that this will be an uptrend. Like basically, if the stock was going up from here, this would be a continuous uptrend. Okay. Um, but what you see right now is in a downtrend, okay, because it's coming down. Price was at 64 bucks, and we're down now to 37 bucks. So that's a downtrend. That's a slope downward. Okay. So that what means this is bearish, uptrend, bullish, downtrend bearish okay so on uber what we're looking at right now is that the move is still downward trending so it's bearish and a w pattern usually forms on a uptrend in a bearish market okay on that stock so what we're seeing is downward movement upward movement bounce upside okay one of the things that I, that is a signal and indicator on a uh on a W pattern forming is it's got to be bearish one. That's the one thing that it has to already be, has to be bearish. And then one of the other indicators that they use as well is that it's below the 200 EMA or HMA, depending on which one you're using, which exponential movement average is the one that I use that is based on that lower time frame that you're looking at. It's bearish in that market because it's underneath the 200. Okay. So if I turn on this, on the daily, the dark blue is the 200 EMA. So this is forming an actual W powder, in my opinion. If you go down to the hour and we're looking at it, it's below the 200 EMA. So 
I think that it's kind of give you co good confidence to believe that look, the pattern is formed. You you mark the measurement here. You make mark this measurement, and now it's fanning out to come back to this trend line, right? Or at least break ahead of the 200 EMA. Either way, you can look at it from both angles. So you can play it to the 200 EMA, which like it's in a circle right now, and that's the midpoint. Or you can play it to the top. I think getting a forty dollar call may not be too early right now, right? I think it may be prime. If you wait until it broke the midpoint, you still have a $3 move that's actually happening here after the fact. So you can look at it there. And when it breaks, it could be making a move back to the very top of the uh, where it came from, which is 46.70. So I like it, right? Uber, I like Uber at this point in time for a play. So you know, just something to pay attention to. And give yourself time on the contract as well due to the fact that you want to let it not you know, rush you to get out of the play. You want to give yourself time for the full development of that play. So if it spikes this week, cool. If it don't spike, you got to play long enough, like say for January. If you're in that play to January, if it spikes during Christmas, okay, you got a good play. If it spikes before that or even after that, say into January 1st, January 7th, you got 14 more days on the play and it gave the uh, opportunity to fully develop out. Now, I didn't look at the contracts. But looking at the let's listen. Well, let's do that. Let's look at the contracts, right? So um let's look at Uber contracts. And kind of like I'm taking my time with y'all today because like I said, we, we're not gonna be on tomorrow. So we might as well like do lengthier work here right now. Um, so like $40 contracts for January, $1.51 right now, right? Look how many people are in those contracts. 60,000 people. They know something that everyone else should know. Pretty much, right? 60,000 contracts. 42, 22,000 contracts. 45, 56,000 contracts. This is what I'm saying. That 46 is the top, right? 46 is the top of that of that, of that, of that peak. That's here, right? So if I, mark, if I mark that, that's 46, 55. So not only do you have a trend line on this, but people are looking for it here, okay? So I would check for that if I was anybody looking to get into Uber. Let's look at Disney, okay? So um, Disney is here. Let's look at this one, okay? And this is on the 30 minutes, so let's go over to the daily. So we definitely know that Disney has a gap, okay? Um, let's see. So I made this move. What did I? So I really don't remember what I did it from. Hmm. Oh, I was calling it a W. But see, I was using the gap. See, this may be another W, right? Uh, but we're measuring the move. And see, the move came down already. So that move is here. Boom, look at that. Look, pff, is that really happening to me? Is this really happening to me right now? Okay, so that move is basically here, right? So basically, we're getting another move down. We're going to look for a double bottom. Now, if you are quite aggressive on this play, Tiffany, what you could do is you could play it to the downside, right? So you could actually see put action here. Put action could actually be 140, okay? 140 could be the put, but then at the it bounces off that you know, this bottom here at that level, you should see a move back to the upside, okay? And right now I'm calling it to the gap, but theoretically I haven't seen this play out above the gap yeah i haven't seen a gap play where this plays out and that's interesting to me right because if we actually turn the 200 on let's do that let's turn the signals off let's turn the 200 on 
Look at that, that dark blue line, which is the 200 EMA, it's below it. It's a bearish take, right? Bearish downtrend. We've got the 200 above it. It's forming a W pattern. But really and truly, the only thing I don't know is if it's going to run through this gap, which it could. That's scary, okay? I don't know that. I have to do some more research on this one just for that. But in the way it goes, what you have here is this trend, right? Look, oh, oops, sorry. You got this trend here where it basically, look, it's coming across. You can play it to the downside, 141.20. Then you can actually play it to the upside at the bounces to 155. And then you can, you can leg it out to the gap, 163. Give yourself time on this play, right? Remember, price action matters, okay? ATRs really matter. If this average true range of this price on, uh, on the daily is about $2.50. So you got to give yourself time. If it's going to come down here, we're at 150, right? Right now, we at 150. If it's coming down to 141, that basically means that you got to watch it come down over nine bucks. That means that you need at least four to five days for that to happen, which in theory, I was times that by two. You need 10 days for that to happen. And then you want to see that recovery, you got to give it time to get back to the gap. So once again, this is a January, February time frame type of play to me where you got to give it time to develop out over this pattern and really and truly i would give my i would start like january february i would get january calls february calls well i would get a january put i would start puts first so i would get a weekly put to watch this go down first then i will wait for the reversal and then when that reversal comes in that's when i start picking up calls january call february call march call because this is going to take time and this push could actually lead you to the very back top of the gap which is at 179.49, okay? That's the play for me. So I'm watching this Disney uh, play as well, and I can actually see whether you need to play this to the downside first. So I will really be looking for puts at this very point in time right now, okay? That's my that's my take. So then, dang, Tiffany, you had Lucid too. So let's do Lucid, okay? Hey, I appreciate all y'all coming in, man. Hey, definitely, definitely hit that like button if y'all are finding value in this content. Definitely want y'all to actually hit that like button. You know, definitely check out the memberships below. Definitely check out that first link below as well. If you're listening to it on the podcast or you want to listen to it on the podcast when you don't finish this, there's a link for the podcast as well. And that is the, the CraigHoustonPodcast.com, okay? So check that out as well. You can actually listen to this and stream it on any one of your favorite podcasts that you have out there, whether that's Apple, uh, you know, Google, Spotify, all those, okay? So let's move on to Lucid. Uh, let's see what they're talking about over on – oh, they got e eBay CEO on right now. So let's do that, and I'll look at Lucid as well. Um, you know, thus far, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, items on the site. They all say arrive by Christmas. Uh, so people are still shopping. Uh, and ha have you felt like you've been better protected from the recent supply chain issues uh, of the last few months because you're a marketplace uh, or either way, are, are those easing now uh, as you as we get through to the end of the year? You know, while we've seen some impact to our cross-border trade business, uh, when things are hard to find, people turn to eBay and our millions of sellers give us a great you know, network to be able to get products to buyers. So they're able to come onto eBay, find these unique hard to find items and then shop from from our millions of sellers to get those items. And so, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a Dior a teal, book tote bag or a, a Birkin bag, uh, people are coming on, having a great experience and, and really um, getting the products that they want. 
So, Jamie, consumers aren't coming to eBay for groceries and for things that they need immediately. I, I think that's no surprise. But I'm wondering how inflation is is impacting the company, because for the last couple of years, as consumers were not spending on travel and were not spending on services, they were spending on goods instead. But now that the price of some of these some of these necessities are going up, I'm wondering if you're seeing consumers pulling back. Well, you know, what we're seeing is strength in areas like our eBay refurbished program. Because there they can get a, a like new product for 40 to 50% off. And now on eBay, we have a, a two-year um, money-back guarantee, 30-day hassle-free returns, uh, a warranty with the program. So, um, yes, we do see people finding great values on the site uh, because of where prices is. And that's one of the great things about eBay is you can buy you know new products, but we've really leaned into pre-owned and non-new in season and programs like eBay Refurbish. So if you came on eBay during Black Friday or Cyber Monday, we were talking about those things, which were really differentiated. Jamie, in terms of some of the recent strategy changes uh, you've enacted, I know you've been focusing on the sort of top 20% of sellers who, in fact, generate the, the top 75% of GMB. And, and, and uh, I can understand why you would, given those statistics. But at the same time, has that had an effect of driving some smaller sellers to other rival platforms like, like Etsy? No, you know, one of the beauties of eBay is a, a brand new seller could sell alongside uh, a larger seller. Uh, and you can get up on the platform really easily uh, and start selling. In fact, we recently put out a report that 84% of people started selling on eBay uh, because they needed extra income during the pandemic. And another 14% did so because they lost their job. And, you know, eBay's had a big impact on, on individuals during this pandemic, and especially women who 80% uh, of them turn to eBay during some financial or other hardship. So, um, no, it's been a great opportunity for people to bring products that they have onto the platform, get started. And, in fact, most of... Okay, let's look uh, over at uh, Lucid, okay? Um, let's check this one out. A little bit more of a... Uh, of a mixed bag right now, right? I think it may be forming a head and shoulders, okay? Which means it's got to come through the gap. Um, but it hasn't yet. So right now, if you take the what I've already had, this is my overall trend line, um, basically on what we have for data for Lucid, okay? Um, it definitely filled the gap already here. Here it's already closed. If you look at it here, it's really no gap there. So this is gone, okay? So what I'm thinking is that it may be getting ready to form a head and shoulders. Um, we need to check it, though, right? So let's do this real quick. Um, let's pull in the head and shoulders pattern. So you would take this here, right? We'll call that the shoulder. This would be like the armpit, okay? Maybe not. Maybe it's inverted. Oh, it could be inverted. Yeah, this may be inverted. Uh, this ain't gonna work because it don't let me go backwards, right? So, but anyway, let's say if it was up here and maybe here. Okay, that's a shoulder. That'd be the neckline. Here would be a shoulder, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can flip it. I think that's the way I have to probably do this. Let's see. Let's see if I can flip. If I can change the angle of this. I don't know if that's possible or not. Nope, it don't let me. Hmm. Mm.
Yeah, it won't let me invert it, but I think it's inverted. So basically what you'll see is, oh, uh, maybe it can. Maybe you can do it this way. Okay, so look, let's see. Maybe we just flip it. How did I just do that? See, I'm learning how to do this on the fly. So maybe it'll go like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it'll be like this, and you'll turn this up, okay? So maybe this is an inverted head and shoulders. Which is actually bullish. So if this was actually played out the way it should, let's turn and slide all this over just a bit. Uh, I could be wrong. This this doesn't look that great. This is my first time doing this, so I would have to actually measure this a bit. But it would kind of make sense for this to be an inverted head and shoulders. I would have to look and see, though. Because it's capturing this move, um, and really I want it to this tip here. So, and we really don't know where that neckline is going to be at just yet. So if I break it, brought it up here, say to the support level, right, or resistance level here, kind of trying to capture that move is kind of make the most sense to me. So maybe here, right? Let's just go up here, and then we can always re retrace where that comes from but if this was a move see it shouldn't be that high though neckline should be like here and y'all probably like, what in the hell is he doing figuring this out <laughs> that's what i'm doing uh let's see all right so i think could be a head and shoulders play right and it may be very tight, or it could be a W pattern, but mm, you broke this train here, but it's not very bearish. Uh, you got a sell signal, obviously, but it hasn't came over the 200. Let's go down to the one hour. Let's see if it's over the 200 over that. Well, yeah, it's over the 200 here, so I don't know. I need, this, I need more data. I was thinking that it could be a head and shoulders pattern inverted or it could be a w pattern okay i'm um, on this one i'm not quite sure yet i need more data and the reason i say that because it could be this right here it could be coming down getting ready to make a move here top out somewhere here in that point right come back down and then make a move back up that could be the w pattern or it could be the head and shoulders pattern where we're getting that that armpit here come down and actually, if you go back, but you got to use the right chart. So if you're on a daily, it could be, oh, sorry. So it could be coming down, inverting itself to make a head right now, coming up to this neckline and then break back down, come back again. And that could be the W pattern where it breaks out or it can come back down to the shoulder and then move out. So we got a couple ways that this can play out. I'm just not certain on either one right now. I feel like either way it goes, it's coming up to at least 45. So a $45 call is not a bad call in my book as well. So you can check that out if that's what you want to do. Um, yeah, I would, I, would, I would check that out. So that's that. That's Lucy. Tiffany, I don't have a real good answer on Lucy just yet. I need more data. But like I said, the $45 call is a play in my book. Um, and I would give myself a January on that $45 call. If it hits earlier than that, you're golden. Then if it hits 45, wait for a play 
Let's see if it comes back down. And the shoulder, the head may come up here, right? It may, it may not even be the same peak. But I would actually like to, I will probably, excuse me, I would leave the head right here. So if it came here and it started to dip back down, I will look for like $41 call to the put side to be my action if it played out that way. All right, so let's keep it moving. In phase, in phase is another play that people want to talk about. What's up, Ether G? What's good, baby? Let's look at in phase. I'm going to switch off of that. They're talking about Chipotle over on uh, Rosen Bell. Let's check that out. Country, as you know, Shake Shack is continuing to grow uh, just beautifully, especially with the new drive-through models, which are happening right now. And we've invested in a couple brands, uh, Salt and Straw Ice Cream, which we absolutely love, based in Portland, Oregon, has just launched in uh, Florida over the past year, and they're doing fantastic there as well. I wanted to ask, Danny, what is providing the most inflation pressure to you in, in your business? Is it on the labor side of things or, or the food side of things, the raw material side of things? It's, I'd say right now, Wilfred, it's, it's mostly on the, the goods, the cost of goods. And I think that any business, including the restaurant business, where people have not had a choice but to go to work in person. So anything that involves trucking and delivery. Obviously, when you go to a restaurant, you can't serve a table remotely or wash the dishes remotely. Anything where somebody did not have another choice, the price has gone up on that. And so restaurants find themselves at an intersection where all of these different pressures are coming to bear. The good news is, to this day, there is so much pent-up demand for people to be together in restaurants that people have been willing to show up and pay what restaurants have to charge to become sustainable. But that's if you can find the line cook and if you can find the server. And Danny, a few years ago, you made a decision to raise prices on all of your menus to take tips out of the equation at the table. And I'm wondering if that puts you in more of a difficult situation to raise prices on menus again as you have to pay more uh, to hire staff and to incorporate your food costs. Well, when we did that, it actually helped us to attract more people to work for us. And I will tell you, that when uh, unfortunately 95% for, of our company lost their jobs when we went to zero revenue in March of 2020, the people who were formerly tipped employees who had gotten a much larger hourly rate did even better when it came uh, to unemployment insurance. That said, during COVID and before we had the vaccinations, we actually reverted. And so now our dining room members do accept tips and therefore, our menu prices don't have to reflect the tip included model, which we had done six years ago. What we did do, though, because we didn't want to reverse the gains we had made in terms of compensating the kitchen members fairly, because unfortunately, in New York State, tips may not be shared between waiters and cooks, which we think is unfair. But what we started to do was, while reinstituting tipping for our front of the house uh, employees, we instituted a revenue share so that on any night, a portion of our revenue gets shared with the cooks and the dishwashers. And so that's been a very positive help. We've actually hired since the spring 1,600 people. So when people say no one's out working, I don't buy that at all. Is it tougher? Okay, let's move on from that real quick. You'll see here what we actually have is in phase, up, right? So we're looking at in phase. So let's check it out. Um, in phase is trading in the channel and it's actually coming down right now, but 
this channel may be mislead misleading right now because there is talk of uh basically what we are hearing about is uh California actually maybe trying to price out uh solar um out of its uh economy, which is kind of crazy for the one place in the world where they probably need it the most. Um and we got to basically kind of figure out what is the deal with that, right? So what you're looking at right now is Enphase is in a minor downtrend. If we look at it from here, you'll see actually got a downtrend here. And a lot of people would actually call this a flag pattern, right? But I don't think that it is. Like you'll see that it's flagged here, uh, but it's not trading back and forth in the bottom of this channel. Like it's not doing, it's not, oh, sorry. It's not doing this. It's not going, you know, so I won't call it a flag pattern. So since it's not doing that, we don't, we can obviously justify that this is not needed. And we can look at this on a more uh, scalable look, right? You will see that we need to see if it breaks trend. And I want to see if it break trend and actually move back to the upside, which I think that it is. I think that it's actually making, look at this. Well, I'm like, it's my eyes infatuated right now like is this an actual move could this be infamous raising his head again let's see it'd be here 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 and here for a breakout it could be but let's see if it meets the criteria. Let's see if it's actually underneath the 200, and it is. So on the one hour, you could be possibly seeing a move back to the upside, and that move is right now ready to break, I think, okay? So if it's ready to break, Ether G, right? Yeah, Ether G, if it's ready to break, we have just not broken, okay? This is a doji candle that we actually have right here. Could be a move that we are primed to see run its course, and that is 214. So I would watch out for it. It could be a move to 214 in the short term. And really and truly, I would be taking profit. Uh, I would take profit like here, right? And I'll tell you the reason why. I'm just going to say take profit on W. And the reason why I say that is because right now what could be happening is people could see this themselves and they could be waiting for 214 and you waited to that level but at 214 to get out you could be late getting out of the party and lose gains but you can maximize gains coming in around this level out and if it tails off it tails off if it so when i say tail off i mean it could tail off like this right trade sideways or it could come back down or it can go like this and keep spiking like uh, NVIDIA did and then make that move back right, round back down, right? But you don't want to get caught up in, in, the, in the craziness of that. So to me, waiting to the end to catch all that profit, you can lose your, you can lose battleground, right? But getting in on the way out, you still make good money. But this right here is juicy. That's a juicy play right there, right? I like it. I like it for the win because it's win, win, win no matter what, okay? Let's keep it moving. I like that. I don't know why these Ws are forming or appear to be forming. So if you're away, so we already, so this is what I was saying about, um, not Lucid, uh, about Disney. Like it already formed this pattern, right? So here you're getting a clearer look. 
at it. You are seeing that it already came down. It made it, it double bottomed out here in that same region. And now it's making that move out. So to me, that's aggressive. That's a nice push. It meets the criteria about a low to 200 EMA. It, it's a runner. Okay. To me, it's going to run. It breaks trend. If it breaks trend and break out, the one thing I would say that's different about this, if it breaks trend and break out, it can continue to run because really and truly this downtrend is almost over. If it gets to this level right here, right? If it breaks this level, that's a break of the downtrend. That move could continue. So if you buy more than one contract or have more than one contract, by selling one here is where you take profit just to secure the bag, right? And then you give it an opportunity to see if it can it can start recapturing things that it came from. Okay. So to me, that's interesting. That's an interesting move. And really and truly, this is a gap. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see how big of a gap down it is, though. It may not be that big of a gap down if I get this on the screen. I hate leaving stuff on the screen. So excuse me for my um way i act about certain stuff okay so you'll see um now nah, it's like a two dollar gap it's not even a two dollar gap about a dollar about a 40 cent gap so i wouldn't worry about this gap too much but it's there um something to pay attention to but i think the move is coming for the upside so i would check it out and see what you can get out of that all right so we talked about in phase Philip, you're right. Shout out to the W because you get we getting paid off these W's, baby. You know what I mean? Pay off the W's. So shout out to the W's. I agree. XLF, $43 call January 21st and a $55 call for January 20th, 2023. Now, if it's a leap, I don't know. That leap, I need more, I need more action to give you an answer on the leap. Um, to me, I think it's if it's a cheap move. It's not something to worry about right now, right? But let's look at uh, XLF when it comes to financials. And really and truly, we had a problem earlier where I know someone in, in the Discord, they was buying it down here. Well, they bought it here, but then they pulled back off, right? And what I said was you got to wait and see if it comes back to the trend line. And it did. So it recovered nicely, right? Um, it didn't recover the way probably expected. But it did recover. So now if you go out to the daily, let's look at this. And this is why I draw trend lines the way I do, fam. Like uh, people may wonder, like, why do I draw tr downward trends and or just trends or anything of that nature? Because if you don't, if you're doing technicals each and every day, when you're going through these charts, if you especially if it's a chart that you've been charting, it comes into play where you need to adjust the chart to keep up with the price action that you're seeing, okay? So when we're looking at XLF at today, right, this has already been charted, right, previously. But now we're about to look at this chart together, and you will probably see me make adjustments if needed. But you'll see here is the move, okay? That's the move to the upside. Now, we had a downward trend that actually happened here, and people would probably account for this breakout right here. They'll say, well, why don't you account for that breakout? Because a line needs three points justifiably it needs two okay you need a beginning and you need an end lots of times when people say this line is actually correct it has a midpoint that makes it a third point right so i don't know if that made sense okay maybe that didn't make sense um let's make sure that I, i'm i'm explaining this to you where it, it makes sense um let's do um this let me get a clean page real quick 
okay so i'm going to switch this okay let's see if that works oh nope wrong screen nope sorry this screen that screen that's the screen okay so what i want to do is show you what a line looks like okay and I know we've all been to ele elementary school, high school, graduated with bachelors, all this thing. But I just want to be sure that I'm explaining this well, okay? So say a line is this, okay? You got your, your point here, and then you get your one point. Okay, that's a line. So here, if we see a downward trend or uptrend, it starts somewhere and it finishes somewhere, right? But in between, you will have a midpoint that confirms that that line is there, right? That that line is consistently seeing something that psychologically someone is trading off of. And then if it has multiple touches, then that's great. It has multiple touches. I don't know why it's flickering like that. I figured that out, but that's what I was actually getting after. Okay, so let's head off to that. Okay, so let's head back over to actually looking at XLF. So right here, when I say that this point right here is an outlier, right? So when I say that this point, when we zoom in on it, this point right here is an outlier. It's, it's because we got one. Okay, so let's just adjust it just a bit so people can. It's almost perfect, but we'll make it perfect. So you got one, got two, you got three, you got four, you got five. That's a downtrend. This is just a, a, a this, is the, this is what I call a head fake. This is what I tell people. You got to watch out for those head fakes. This is a head fake, and you actually had a gap here, right, from that head fake. So this is on the daily chart. So uh, any gap that you see on the daily is there. It's, it's a real thing. Okay. So gap. Okay. And then look, it's it's trying to fill the rest of the gap. It hasn't got all the way into the gap just yet. So that's interesting that I missed that the other day, though. But yeah, this is a gap. So when it, it, it gapped here and it's trying to break through and it actually ran in and then it came out and now it's using this trend line as support going back the other way right so basically it's bouncing off into the negative side and it's getting close to actually coming back to the overall macro trend so i would not be surprised if you see it bounce back here a couple more times to actually come down here and meet this trend line before breaking out into the gap and then out so this may be forming what do we like to talk about let's look and see if it's actually bearish right now it's not bearish on the daily it is bearish on the one hour though right so theoretically we're not there yet we need to see some more development but this could be setting up for a w pattern as well so we'll watch we'll watch it but for me on xlf you say you had a, a 43 dollar call okay a 43 dollar call i'm not ready to signal for a 43 dollar call just yet what i need to see first i need to see a break trend to the upside okay not just see this is a bullish candle it was a bullish candle but then it tried to break out and then it came back down on the gap so some news brought this back down on november 26 right so to me you almost had an opportunity for a bullish breakout here i didn't see a bullish candle break out here and then break out on another bullish candle as well to make this move here right so if we go down to the like the one hour and we go back to that circle where it's at you'll see it it, it broke but then it had a bearish candle come in, which is the institutional candle here. Then to try to go back to the upside. And then the next day, it like it subsided. It, it basically consolidated. And then it broke down here, right? So to me, need more. I need more evidence before I say a $43 call. I like it. 
but I got to see more evidence. I think finance is going to run, right? I think finance is going to get its moment in the sun. So it's just that I'm not ready to say that it's actually willing to happen right now. I think I need to see more data first before I get to that point. I mean, it is lightening up here. So I can see that this is uh, the trend is trying to change. Um, we look at the MACD. MACD is pointing up. Well, I'm sorry, stochastics is pointing up. So we possibly could be seeing a move. Um, just not like really, it's not a really big move just yet for me. And so more patience need to be exhibited. And I would not be surprised if it came back down to the overall trend, right? So don't be surprised by that either. Okay, so that's that one. All right, we got Meta here, okay? Uh, let's look at Meta. Meta. Matter of fact, I have not yet checked only in on the Metaverse um, pie that I made as we talk about Meta. So let's look and see how the Metaverse pie is doing. Um, I have not checked in on it. I want to say it was only 2% up uh, recently, and it's uh, still only 2% up. It was up now. It was, we got as high as 10%. Um, but now we're only up 2% right now. So let's look at the metaverse pie. For those who don't know about the metaverse pie that I actually created, um, you can actually take a look at that link down below in the description. You can check that out as well. And you can get in on that pie as well as right now before it actually takes off. Cause it right now is actually, it's actually equating to about what actually the meta ETF is doing right now, but I've changed the, um, balance. Of that portfolio and i'll just show you real quick what that looks like uh, you'll see here see we had a high peak here on uh basically we flattened out up here so we had to move from here here basically this is more likely my investment that i put in but then we actually had to flatten out on the curve right now where it's consolidating so we'll take a look and keep eyes on this but we're doing you no know, decently well in some of these positions you'll see that um Roblox is uh, up 23%, Qualcomm up 22%, AMD 11%, NVIDIA 10%. We got some losers. Obviously, Matterport down 9, Snap down 12, right? Um, got Apple up 18%. You know, uh, let's see what else we got. Tesla down 18%, Cloudflare down 25% right now. Uh, what else we have in here doing decently? So, yeah, I guess we got to be down 13% on Square. So we got some work to do, but right now I'm almost, it's about another week away from me actually adding to this pie. But anyway, let's get back over to Meta, okay? If you want to check that out, definitely use the link down below. You can actually check out that pie. If you don't have an N1 Finance account, take advantage of that link down below as well because you can get $50 when you actually use my referral link to actually sign up for uh, N1 Finance, right? So check that out. So let's see what we actually have here on Meta. So Meta, we basically saw that it hit it hit support here, and then we drew this trend back to the top, right? Because basically had an upside here. So now we want to see if that move is coming back down. But it looked like it made a double bottom. What does the double bottom signify? I hate y'all. I'm gonna make this thing seem like it's not real, okay? I I can almost see it, but you have a, a point here. Point here. Point down. Double bottom. Okay. What is happening at the double bottom, supposedly? Back to the upside, right? This is on the daily. One thing that's going to happen, it hasn't grown its 200 EMA just yet. So let's go down to the hourly. Let's see if there's a 200 EMA. Look at that. That dark blue line 
It's a 200 EMA and it's bearish right now because it's in a downtrend, right? How do we know it's in a downtrend? Because we go back over here on the daily chart and you can take it from where its highest peak was recently and you can see it's in a downtrend, okay? So even if you brought it in for those who want the three points, right? Like I talk about, look, it hasn't broken out yet, but it's almost ready to break out. So I like meta and matter of fact, we got meta calls, right? We got meta calls for, let's see, we have meta calls for, we have meta calls for December 16th, 2022. And then we have meta calls for May 20th, 2022. Okay. So we, yeah, we loaded the boat on meta calls. Okay. So we're looking, we're out here looking. We are looking. King, okay, so we like metal, and it's like it's about to bounce. <laughs> it looked like it's about to start printing. So average down, average down, right? Oh, so the average down part, right? I would average down down here if you want to average down, but you could wait here for the breakout. Oh, sorry, sometimes I get my shortcut key stuck. So, but you could be waiting for the breakout here. That breakout here is it's kind of too late, right? Because then we're going back to the, we're challenging that all-time high. So to me, averaging down down here makes the most sense right about now if you need to average down because we already missed this move, but it's up here right now. So this is the average down target area right here that I would look at before it fully breaks out. So just, just my thoughts. But I like it. I like Meta, Philip. Let's keep that thing moving on that, baby. Uh, Tiffany says they was talking about Doma on closing bell. What's your takes on shares or options? Let's look at Doma, okay? Uh, let's see what uh, my man talking about over here uh, on options when it comes to the uh, what happened with the Fed today. And I look at different Doma. things today. As a matter of fact, the option markets were telling me nothing other than, hey, look, there's there's upside to this. If I told you the number of technology names, semiconductor names that were hitting on the unusual options for the upside, the bullish side, you'd be absolutely shocked. And that was all morning, all the way up until that one o'clock, and then everything took off, whether it's NVIDIA, you look at Apple, you look at Microsoft, you look at you know all of the different semiconductors, Marvell was one of them, all of those took off to the upside. So it was more of a preparation into it rather than uh, waiting to hear the number and then reacting. And unfortunately, the options markets really did lay out a really great path for me today based upon, I think, how transparent he's been and he stuck to the plan. All right, coming up, we're diving into the M&A world in search of the next big deal. Could there be yeah. some mergers brewing in the biotech yeah. space? More on that in just a few. But oh, man, let's look at Doma, okay? Um, I really don't know much about Doma. Uh, Doma is a finance place, insurance. Real estate, it says resident. Oh, you can't see it. Uh, it says residential right over here in this corner. It says residential and commercial real estate transaction. It operates through the distribution and underwriting segments. Okay. So for me, just reading that, I'm all, and it sounds like it deals with insurance. Okay. I got that from basically looking at specialty insurance at the very top here where my, cur my cursor is. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do they say about it on, on on closing bell that should make me like it? I don't I don't like it. And I'm gonna tell you why I don't like it here in a second. Because I'm tired of insurance plays because I got burned. I'm getting burned on one right now. Um I'm getting burned on lemonade right now. So I am not a fan of insurance plays. It's in a downtrend. 
Um, let's look and see if it's actually about to make this famous um this famous uh W pattern. Um, it looked like it tried one time. It looked like it tried here and it broke down. It looked like it, and then it came back here and then went down this way. So that one didn't work. So um I don't know about it. What I would say though about it is that it needs to break trend first and foremost, right? So I want to see it break down with trend before I even thought about it. Um yeah, it would definitely need to do that. It would need to break trend for me. And if it broke trend to the upside, cool. I will watch it and see what the play becomes. But right now, no. It filled the gap that it had. So that's good. So we'll see. Uh, shares, I mean, if, if you could own the shares, but I don't know why you would want to own the shares. Like to me, I would want to own, if this is insurance, I would want to own Lemonade. I don't like lemonade right now either because it's got my nerve, but it did break it did break my downward trend. Let's see if it broke the downward trend on the daily though. Yeah, I'm mad at lemonade because I bought uh some soul puts on it for 60 bucks. And so it seems like and I got a lot of credit. I I got 20,000 in credit. So don't let me act like I'm being like greedy or anything of that sort. Like it didn't pay me enough or whatever. But you know, it was it, it basically got here. Well, no, I didn't buy it there. I bought it. Here, I should have sold here. I should have just took whatever credit I could have got, which would probably be about five grand and got the play. But it paid me 20 grand. And now I'm having to wait to watch this thing recover. So we'll see. I'm watching this like a hawk to get out of this play. It's under the 200. So hopefully it forms me a good old W and then I can get up out of there. We'll see. Um, But yeah, if I had to own one though, long-term, Lemonade would still be my first pick for insurance, insure tech to own. I would own another one right now. So that's my, my thoughts on Lemonade, okay? So let's see. What else we got? It's two people in here talking about Walmart 150 next week. What's this 45? No, no way. $45 call can't be Walmart. Trying to make money. What, what's that one? That can't be Walmart. $45 call? No, don't sound right. Let me know what that's supposed to be. Is that supposed to be waste management? Let me know. Uh, and waste management, that wouldn't be that low either. So I don't know what this one is. Can someone um, holler at trying to make uh, money and let me know what that's supposed to be? And we'll see. Walmart, the 150 um, call. Let's check that out. Oh, you, you didn't have to retract it. I just want to know what it was. Oh, 145. Okay, there it is. Cool, 145. Cool, so we got... 145 and a 150. Walmart already broke that 145. You should have sold that today, big dog. Yeah, I sold those today. So did. Look at this. I got it on the chart right here because I ain't got to go nowhere on this. I've been watching this all day. If you over in my Discord, you know I've been watching this all day like a hawk. So it's in the money, right? Um, Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let's go down to the one hour, okay? Uh, you'll see that that W pattern played out, and the crazy thing is, right? Let me tell you about this play. I'm gonna I'm I'm have to take a sip on this one because I gotta talk to you about this, right? So, Walmart, and I get into JD Montgomery about uh 150 Walmart call, okay? Um, it's a reason why I say don't get greedy and go for the full ride all the time secure the bag and if the run continues 
get back in the bag, right? Or leave a runner, but secure the bag anyway with a runner still going. Because Wall Street is smart, okay? Wall Street understands plays. They understand how retail investors think because they've been doing this for so long and they're strategists. And they have artificial intelligence on their side, okay? I talked about recently, like, get to the height of this play on the W with Walmart. And then don't wait to sell at the very top, okay? So your boy, he thought he was slick, right? He thought he was slick. Check this out, right? I had basically... If you're on the, on the podcast, you can't listen to this right now. You got to watch the replay so you can see this for yourself, right? I literally had a, an alert here early, right? And now I drew a, a horizontal line to kind of like depict it because I knew I was going to talk about this today. I had an alert where this yellow line was at saying, if it crosses here, it's time to sell. I'm looking for the top. I'm looking for everybody else to look to see if it's going to meet the top, right? The top is 146.87. I'm 70 cent away from the top. Like, if he hit this alert, I'm selling. Well, what does Wall Street does? Wall Street sees the same thing I'm saying, and they sell at 146.45, right? And bring this thing right back down. So before I can even hit the sell button, this thing tanks back down, right? This is what I'm saying. You don't never want to be the last to sell anything, right? Because you can lose profit doing that. So when you think that you're going to get to this top 146.88, nope, nope, you're going to come back down. You're not going to get that. And that's what they did here. They sold off early, right? So I had to wait. So what did I do? I waited on this candle. I sold. No, I actually sold here. I sold here at this level. But the crazy thing was I was trying to get all of this. I was trying to get a play here, watch that run, and then sell some more at the top. But when I saw this move, I'm like, oh, these runners about to print. Nope, those runners sold, sold down. So when the runners came back here uh, at this level, we sold out of the rest of those runners and moved into some more spy calls at that point in time. But this is what I'm saying. You got to watch that, okay? So long-term, what we're talking about for next week on Walmart, I will wait, okay? Because what I don't know about these Ws, and if you're paying attention to these Ws like I'm paying attention to them, they look like they consolidate after they break out. So if you get the breakout on a W, it like it consolidates sideways, so for me, JD, um, trying to make sense of uh, make, or make money. I'm sorry, not sense. Make money tomorrow. If you get a if you get a pump, I will sell because you got an expiration for Friday, right? If it was me and I see that this pump is happening tomorrow when the market open, I would be out of this play and I'll roll into another play if I wanted to hold. But I'll be out of it tomorrow no matter what. JD, to you, I'm not sure if that if it's going to go straight up. I think it's going to do one of these moves. Okay, so. It could bounce sideways. You may get a break early. If you get a break early on a 150 call, you should already be in the money. Depends on when you got into it. But if you're looking to take one, I would wait to see if it come back down first and see what the next pattern is that it's actually forming. It could run to the moon tomorrow. I don't think that it will. But the overall market could be up tomorrow too based on what we've heard today from the FOMC. So, I need more data. I can't just give you an answer right now. I mean, overall, like, let's turn on the cheat code for a second. Um, turn on the cheat code. You will see we're definitely in a sell pattern right now, and the sell pattern is actually cool right now. But it has not – it's not on top of this green cloud right here. 
which will make me feel comfortable. But you do have a reversal still panning out, and you have a reversal still going here. And even with the stochastics, stochastics is through the roof. So to me, these stochastics has to come down. It has to flatten out at some point. See, this very top of the stochastics has a flat point usually that it comes to, right? So if I'm looking, this is where the top of that stochastics is before it reverses back. So you're about ready to see a reversal on the stochastics, to me, in my opinion. Now, the orange line might have some room to catch up with it before it reverses, but that's where price is at. I think that you are close to seeing a reversal on Walmart first, and then you may see a move on Walmart after that. So I would be kind of like pausing right now on that play if you're in it right now. And if you definitely got a call, sell it, in my opinion. Never financial advice, but just my thoughts. Okay, let's keep this thing moving, baby. If you definitely haven't, if you found value on this and you haven't hit the like button, I'm gonna need you to hit the like button. Okay, we need to get some likes on this thing. We got what we got 14 viewers in the house, supposedly. So we need 14 likes. I think we're at 12 right now. So let's get 14 on this play right here. And if you're really finding value, you definitely need to be signing up for either Discord or YouTube membership because baby, I'm I'm, I'm trying to bring it to you each and every day, trying to help all of y'all make money, and we need to start our own community on making this bag, okay? So feel free to sign up for either one using that first link down below or using the link down in the chat. That's the pinned comment in the chat. So either way, but we're about to look at which one was we about to check out. We're about to check out Crowd, right? We're on the Crowd. So let's check that out. C-R-W-D. All right, we're on CrowdStrike. Let's take this off the chart. Let's look at it real quick. I only, oh, I have charted this, so I have some chart news already on it. That's good. So let's see what we got here. So we see that the overall trend is here, going back towards um, basically March. Okay. So let's extend this out so we know. Boom. Okay. That's March. Uh, we. This could possibly be a trend that it comes back to eventually in time. We'll see. We'll just leave it there. I like doing that because if it breaks, like it broke here, you know possibly it could be on its way back down to this trend, right? It's got a ways to go to get back to this trend, but you always want to know where that overall trend was at, okay? And when you start seeing dips, you want to say, okay, is that price action really going to go there, right? So something um, to pay attention to, okay? Yeah, it's support. It's support here, right? I see your, I see what you're saying, that it's support here. Like, even if I turn on the DSI, which this is giving me, a, see, it on, this is a, a supply and demand zone. It's, it's thinking that it could come down more. That's, 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 to me, is, like, not accounting for this right here. I'll show you. So this is why I say sometimes it's good to use these, algo, these AI supported um indicators but really and truly like if i drew my own um demand zone i have demand zone right here right this would be my demand zone like people was buying in this area right so if they was buying in this area i would carry it over here right and accomplish this right now so right now this is action this is action to me this could continue to come down Right now, the market got a bounce to the upside. So you saw a $12 move on this play right now. So it's unconfirmed where we're going just yet, right? But, 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 but we're on the weekly. So let's go down to the daily. So let's see what we have here. 
So, um, mm, earn. this could have been a head and shoulders, right? Oh, no. Here, armpit, head, and... And this is more of an Elliott wave, more like this, right? Um, it's more one of these moves. Boom, 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 boom. And really, it completes this move again, right? So even if I was to, I say here, like we would just take all this price action into action, you'll see here, right? Even if you brought it here, like even that's a move. Like, look at that. Boom, 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 boom. It's really just making bounces. And then it finally broke when it tried to make that next bounce. So here, to me, 200. Oh, it's below the 200. Hmm. I don't know. Could it be? A W. And probably probably not, right? Let's look and see. Could it be a W? Let's see. It could be a W. Like if I was to turn on the Hakanashis on this one just to try to clean it up. Look at that. Look at that form pattern there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I grew up Powell said too. So look, this is a W on the Hakanashis. Okay. It's it's harder to see it on the hollows, but it's definitely there. It's definitely a shape. No, you got to squint your eyes a little bit, but you can actually see this move here is a good old-fashioned W. Yeah, the double bottom didn't come all the way in, but it's there, right? Imagine it's up, it's, it's kind of bottomed out a little bit, and now it's making this move back. Now, to me, the crazy question is, it's already finished this move, like, Really and truly, like, see, this is a W, folks. That's a completed move. So, to me, it could continue. And the reason why I say it continue, because price opened lower than where it closed at, obviously, because it's up 12 bucks. But I think the next top of this is here at 225 Right? So, 225 could be a thing. Let's see if there's a gap down. There's no gap down. So, this staircase, oh, it's a gap here. So it's staircase all the way back here. So I'm pretty sure the market is playing this for the gap. Yeah, right. Or at least back to the gap. That's 281. And that gap did not fill just yet at 272. So that's a that's a $9 move on that gap. Okay. So even if price action, I think it's coming back to 225. Overall, I think price action is coming back to the gap, which is 271. But you need to give yourself time on that gap field. But $12 move is a big move. This thing opened at one. What did it open up at today? I mean, I guess I could just look at the candle. Candle, it opened at 198.55. Went down to 194.75. So theoretically, it made basically a $26 move today overall. Right? It swung $26. So... To me, you could see great price action here. 225 is right below us. Uh, resistance. It breaks resistance. It's going back to the trend. 263, 271. I, I would look at all of those.
I would look at all of those. I would start first, though, first and foremost with 225 on a call if I was going to start anywhere. You want to be closer to the end of money just in case this thing decided to pull back. But, yeah, you're right. Powell did talk about cybersecurity today. Um, and looking at, the st- looking at the stochastics, pointing straight up still, hasn't topped out yet. Top out is usually about here, so it has room to grow still. So I would I would give it a chance. 225 is where I would start. If you can't do 225, give yourself a lot of time and look for 265. That would what I'll do next. Okay. I think, I think, I think that we have actually met the quota on actually tickers for today. Anybody that's got any tickers? All right. I'm going, I'm coming off of technicals. Got any more tickers? Let your boy know. Hey man, look, definitely. Uh man, you know what? Hey, no problem, A B. I appreciate you for being here, right? So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Like, once again, let's recap this for everybody who just joined the stream late. Your boys in these five five hundred dollar calls. I, I added more today. I think I oh, I think I talked about adding over 40. I made it even almost 60. Whatever the number was, I added a lot more today than I did before, had before today. So uh what I'm saying to you is that. I don't know if we're out of the woods just yet. If we go over and look at the spy chart, I think that we have some more work to do. But comfortably, we're looking at spy is actually moving in the right direction for my book. Okay. What I show you here is spy has closed above my pink trend line that I believe that we need to get to four, not four, to 500. Okay. If it bounces down here and bounces in this region, I think we get to 490. But right now, we're closed above where I think we need to be on trajectory for 500 calls by January 21st. We really want to get bullish and break this resistance area here and keep that move going, okay? So for me, I think SPY is in a great spot. Honestly, I believe that SPY was going to close at 475 this week. And really with the market reacting the way that it did to the sentiment about the tapering happening the way that we thought that the market reacting the way to bonds uh, being the interest rates increasing by the time frame that we thought everything has played out in a spectacular type of fashion. OK, so to me, I like what we're setting up at. Look out for my video later on tonight where I talk about DocuSide, Autodesk, um, Spy. And we'll even go through Maritime Digital Holdings because I want to show you some things that I've seen on some of those plays as well that I'm not going to talk about here because I got other things I got to do. I really got to get some things done. Um, yeah, JD, good, good. Um, right here, Sentinel um, here with the cybersecurity. I was looking at that earlier. Um, that's S, right? Let's look at that real quick. I'm going to show you this real quick. We was looking at S earlier. Um, Sentinel 1. Um, on a daily, right? You'll see that it's consolidating real quick. I like this play as well, too, when we talk about cybersecurity. And it's cheaper than CrowdStrike. But we're getting support here, right? So I like that point right here. And then if you go over to the one hour, uh, I had to do some more due diligence on this real quick, but I'll do it later. But we're getting a breakout on the squeeze and we're getting a breakout on the um, on the swing, little like. So well, I want to see if it breaks through here. But when you're down here at that one hour, You'll see um, that we had like a mini W form. It had a smaller smaller midpoint, but it broke out. Now it's trying to break out heavy. 
And if it breaks out heavy, it's going above. It don't really have a lot of support anywhere except for here in this buy zone right here, this demand zone that we have here. All right, you hit the box. There you go. You got support here. Well, resistance here. So if we got a move that it can actually make here. I would I would look to see if it can break this level. So for me, being down here, bouncing off, you got a move that it actually can make to about 56. That's a six dollar move. So I will watch that. That could be a, a potential play here. That could be a potential move, right? To watch. So here the 56. I like it. Okay. I'll do more due diligence on that later. But I appreciate y'all for being here. If you listen to this on the replay, definitely watch the video because there's a lot of technicals that have been charted out here that you don't want to miss out on and things of that nature. So as always, we will not have closing bell tomorrow. Closing bell will be back on Friday. So I'll see y'all Friday. We already know what time it is. It's been your boy, Craig. Catch you in the next video. Y'all stay safe. Peace.